Was the Southwest Airlines meltdown impacted by the great share buyback scam? My radio TV program and my daily Substack newsletter, Hartman Report, together are a small business. The only way I can increase my income from that business is by increasing the advertising revenue to the show, getting more people signed up for the newsletter, or both. Behind the business, in other words, build the business, in other words, do the hard work every day, keep my customers, as it were, informed and thus happy, add value through research, and share what I learn along the way. It used to be that way with big business as well. Companies grew in value because of good management and continual reinvestment in people, facilities, and product. Until Ronald Reagan adopted neoliberalism and rewrote the rules of business. Southwest Airlines passengers, for example, are today lamenting lost time with loved ones, lost luggage, and lost money spent on hotels, airline reroutes, and rental cars. They missed weddings and funerals, spending time with family, and some confronted life-threatening situations as luggage-packed medications went missing and dialysis appointments had to be skipped. All, apparently, so senior executives at Southwest and their morbidly rich investor cronies could get billions richer. Here's how it works. If you're the CEO of Southwest Airlines, or most any publicly traded company, there are two main ways you can increase your own compensation. They are, one, build the company, invest in workers and technology, open new routes, provide better service to passengers, upgrade your planes so people will want to fly with you, pay your people better to build or employ retention. Or, number two, use company profits to buy back and retire Southwest stock. According to Corporate Watchdog Accountable U.S., most of the evidence suggests the immediate predecessor of Southwest's new CEO chose door number two, as often as possible. How the stock buyback scam works. But how and why does it happen that CEOs and senior executives make a pile of money when they direct their own corporations to buy back its stock out of the marketplace? And how did this manipulation of stock prices ever get decriminalized after being illegal for a half century? Imagine you're the CEO of Acme Airlines, a company valued at $10 billion. The company has issued a billion shares of stock that are currently trading at $10 a share. That's 10 times a billion shares equals $10 billion. As CEO, you're not only paid a salary, but also have the two typical forms of stock incentives modern corporations give their senior executives. First is performance compensation, meaning that as the price of the stock goes up, you get bonuses and or an increase in your pay. The second is that you're partly compensated with stock or stock options, the right to buy back stock at a predetermined, typically low price. If you can increase the share price of Acme Airlines stock, you not only get a big bonus for hitting your performance target, but the stock you hold, or can buy at a fixed lower price, also increases in value. You get richer. But let's also say that you're not interested in building Acme the way as a way of increasing the stock price. That's a lot of work and takes years. You want big bucks fast. So you simply direct your company to go into the marketplace to the stock exchange where Acme is traded and buy up, say, 100 million shares. Companies were still worth $10 billion. The value of all the planes, landing slots, goodwill, corporate buildings, and assets, none of that has changed. You haven't added a single customer or paid a single flight attendant, mechanic, gate agent, or pilot an extra penny. You haven't improved service or widened the seats in the planes to get in new customers. All you've done is use a billion dollars in company profits to buy 100 million shares at $10 each and retire them. 
But now that the company has bought and retired 100 million shares, instead of there being a billion shares in circulation, there are only 900 million, even though the company is still worth just $10 billion. As a result of your directing Acme to do that share back, every share that still exists is worth roughly 10% more because there are 10% fewer of them, which means the piles of shares you've gotten in compensation are now worth 10% more too. And because the stock price went up, you'll be getting a nice performance bonus at the end of the year. This was once a crime, and should be now. This used to be a crime called stock price manipulation, and it was, was one of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's and Congress's early targets when they went after the Wall Street crooks who brought us the Republican Great Depression of the 1930s. Congress created the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, in 1934, and FDR put Joe Kennedy, JFK's dad, in charge of it. Kennedy ironically told my old friend, the late Gloria Swanson, that he was chosen because, she told me, FDR had wisecracked that it takes a crook to catch a crook. Kennedy, knowing how the game worked, outlawed stock buybacks as one of his first official acts. But in 1982, President Reagan endorsed this very form of corporate corruption as part of his new neoliberal Reaganomics agenda, decriminalizing it for the first time in almost a half century. Lest you think it improbable that modern CEOs would do this, as it's so obviously corrupt and harmful to the company itself, consider this headline from the corporate watchdog Accountable U.S. Quote, Southwest cancellation crisis follows executives' choice to reward $5.6 billion to shareholders instead of investing in infrastructure, end quote. As their press release lays out, quote, Government watchdog Accountable.us called the airline's cancellation crisis a problem of its own making after slashing its workforce by over 1,400 in 2021 and choosing to spend $5.6 billion on stock buybacks in the three years leading up to the pandemic rather than making investments in infrastructure to be better prepared for extreme weather events like this week. This Reaganomics neoliberalism scam has made America's corporate CEOs and stock speculators among the wealthiest people in the world, while keeping down wages and benefits for everyone else. It's hurt the competitiveness of American business. It started with Reagan's putting John Shad, the vice chairman of the Monster Investment House E.F. Hutton, in charge of the SEC, which regulates monster investment houses. Shad wasted no time in deregulating stock buybacks, instituting in 1982 what's now known as Rule 10b-18, that makes, made stock buybacks explicitly legal for the first time since 1934. Since then, share buybacks have become the most personally profitable business scam CEOs and senior executives can run against their own employees, companies, and communities. When Reagan and Shad made this change in 1982, the average compensation of CEOs was around 30 times that of their average employees. CEOs often lived in the same communities as their workers or in just a slightly more upscale part of town. Today's CEO compensation is between 254 and 1,000 times the average employee, depending on the industry. And CEOs live in palatial estates with servants' quarters, yachts, and private jets. Much of that increase in their annual income is the result of their companies repeatedly executing stock buybacks over the past 40 years. Corporation, corporate CEOs call this maximizing shareholder value and claim it's how capitalism is supposed to work. As more and more CEOs got in on the scam since Reagan legalized it in the 1980s, it's come to account for much of the 40-year explosion in the price of publicly traded stocks. 
investors don't complain because they're making out well, too. And 84% of all stock in America is owned by the top 10%. How the share buyback scam hurts Americans. It's also why so much of America's corporate infrastructure is rotting from leaking methane from oil rigs to toxic spills from chemical factories to industrial waste being discharged into our environment instead of getting cleaned up. After all, why spend money on improving the company or even on routine maintenance and safety when you can personally cash in just as effectively by simply using your company's revenue to engineer a stock buyback scheme every year? As William Lazonic wrote in For the Hill in 2018, quote, most recently, through from 2017, 2007 through 2016, stock repurchases by 461 companies listed on the S&P 500 totaled $4 trillion, equal to 54% of profits. Indeed, top corporate executives are often willing to incur debt, lay off employees, cut wages, sell assets, and eat into cash reserves to, quote, maximize shareholder value, end quote. You'd think that if a company's stock was going up in value, that would indicate it is doing well and could even pay its employees better. In fact, the CEOs of companies need cash to do these buybacks. And to get that cash, they often lay off workers and even cut back on their own main business just to enrich themselves and their senior executives. As Emily Stewart wrote that same year for Vox, quote, The thing is, when companies are investing in stock buybacks and dividends, they're spending money they could use on something else. The Roosevelt Institute in May released a report estimating that Walmart, for example, could boost hourly wages to more than $15 an hour with the $20 billion it was using for a buyback. A separate study from the Roosevelt Institute released in July found that companies spent nearly 60% of net profits on buybacks from 2015 to 2017. It is estimated that with the money allocated to buybacks, companies such as Lowe's, CVS, and Home Depot could, eat, could give each of their workers a raise of at least $18,000 a year on top of their current income. Harley-Davidson in February announced a $700 million stock buyback plan just days after saying it would close a plant in Kansas City. Wells Fargo is spending $25 billion on buybacks and is at the same time laying off workers in multiple states, end quote. Share buybacks have replaced growing a business as the main way CEOs jack up their compensation to buy a new mega yacht or a ski chalet in, Whis- in Switzerland. And it's just as much a scam of a scam today, and just as destructive to working people in our nation, as it was in 1929 when it helped crash the market. Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have been shouting about this from the rooftops for decades. Hillary Clinton brought it up in her 2016 campaign for president, something that no doubt cost her some CEO support. At the time, Financial Times editor, uh, national editor Ed Luce wrote in an article titled Hillary's War on Quarterly Capitalism, quote, the case for reforming shareholder capitalism is strong. The level of U.S. investment in actual business activity is at its lowest price since 1947. Last year, according to Goldman Sachs, S&P 500 companies spent more than $500 billion on share buybacks. This year, it's expected to hit $600 billion. That was in 2015. Just so far this year, Macy's bought back 28.9% of their shares, spending $2 billion they could have otherwise used to expand the business or raise workers' pay. Chesapeake Energy bought back 20.6% using $2 billion. Diamondback Energy spent $4 billion to buy back 17.9% of their own shares. And for Morgan Stanley, it was 14.8% of shares at a cost to the company of $20 billion. The entire list, hundreds of billions in share buybacks just this year, is on the Market Beat website. 
When the biggest oil companies in America reported record profits this year, ripping off American drivers with sky-high gas prices, Reuters reported on April 29th, quote, Exxon earlier this year more than doubled its projected buyback program to $30 billion through 2022 and 2023. Shell said it would buy back $6 billion in shares in the current quarter, while Chevron boosted its annual buyback plans to a range of 10 to $15 billion, up from 5 to $10 billion. Exxon shares rose 4.6% to $96.93. Chevron shares rose almost 9%, closing at $163. CNBC reports, quote, Apple started to pay quarterly dividends and repurchase its shares in March of 2012. Since then and through last summer, Apple has spent over $467 billion on buybacks, according to its S&P Global Market Intelligence, which calls the iPhone maker the poster child for share buybacks. Facebook, which apparently doesn't have enough cash to hire people to keep Nazis off their platform, has made its top stockholder, Mark Zuckerberg, the richest millennial in America, in part through share buybacks, announcing in their third quarter 2021 earnings report, quote, we repurchased $14.37 billion of our Class A common stock in the third quarter and had $7.97 billion remaining in our private share repurchase authorization as of September 30th. We also announced today a $50 billion increase in our share repurchase authorization. End quote. Progressives try to stop the scam. Democratic politicians have been working for years to try to end this corrosive practice. Senator Tammy Baldwin wrote in a 2015 letter to the SEC's chair, quote, Stock buybacks use profits to repurchase a company's own stock instead of investing in the worker training, research, or innovation necessary to promote long-term growth. In the past, this money went to productive investments in the form of higher wages, research and development, training, or new equipment. Today, cash is being extracted from companies and placed on the sidelines. Buybacks are now undermining the stock market's role in capital formation. End quote. Senator Elizabeth Warren noted, quote, buybacks create a sugar high for the corporations. It boosts prices in the short run, but the real way to boost the value of a corporation is to invest in the future, and they are not doing that, end quote. In 2019, Senators Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer co-authored an article for the New York Times in which they told America, quote, between 2008 and 2017, 466 of the S&P 500 companies spent around $4 trillion on stock buybacks, equal to 53% of profits. An additional 40% of corporate profits went to dividends. With more than 90% of corporate profits going to buybacks and dividends, there is reason to be concerned. First, stock buybacks don't benefit the vast majority of Americans. That's because larger stockholders tend to be wealthier. Nearly 85% of all stocks owned by Americans belong to the wealthiest 10% of households. Of course, many corporate executives are compensated through stock-based pay. So when a company buys back its stock, boosting its value, the benefits go overwhelmingly to shareholders and executives, not workers. End quote. Pointing out that share buybacks inflate the wealth of the top 10% of Americans who own most of this nation's stock, increasing inequality, while generally screwing the people who work for those companies. They added, quote, When corporations direct resources to buy back shares on this scale, they restrain their capacity to reinvest profits more meaningfully in the company in terms of R&D, equipment, higher wages, paid medical leave, retirement benefits, and worker retraining, end quote. Small businesses like mine and millions of others across this nation can't engage in this sort of manipulation to seemingly pull money out of thin air. Large businesses shouldn't be able to, either. It's time to declare the 42-year Reagan Revolution's neoliberal experiment a failure and outlaw the share buybacks that are one of its most visible markers. Joe Kennedy knew what he was talking about when he criminalized them, even if he was a crook. 
a first step toward restoring, restoring vitality to America's business sector and providing much-needed funds to return America to our position as the world's innovator. We're the world's most prosperous middle class, as we were before Reagan's introduction of neoliberalism, is to once again outlaw stock buybacks. <laughs> 